severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreating scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job. Hello and welcome back to Just Get a Real Job. It's 2021, guys. We made it. And it's looking like very much the same as last year. We're back in lockdown. Obviously, this is a difficult time for everyone, and a lot of people I'm aware will be feeling anxious and you know nervous and scared because it's a it's a difficult time and it's a surreal time so yeah we totally get that and and just just so you guys are aware you know that's okay to feel like that and I, I mean I feel like that too so you know we're all in this together but yeah me and Elliot thought we'll bring this week's episode out a bit early we just thought we we're gonna wait till the 12th but you know we're, we're both kind of sitting in the house as well and you know not doing a lot so we thought we'll bring the podcast out it might give cheer people up so we're back a bit earlier than planned but hey why not I also just wanted to say that over the new year and Christmas period, we had quite a lot of people message us just to say that they were enjoying the podcast and, you know, the you know, positive stuff, actually, which was, yeah, really nice to hear and I appreciate it. Um, obviously, me and Elliot took quite a lot of work into this, so it is really nice to hear that, you know, people are enjoying it because that's what it's all about. And, you know, we want to keep growing this project. So, yeah, if, if you are enjoying the podcast or you have any tips or feedback for us please get in touch to tell us because you know it means a lot to us and we're always happy to listen anyway this week's episode is with the lovely caroline die christensen who is a good friend of mine and we've been we've been talking about recording an episode together for ages uh, caroline was actually one of the first people i told about the podcast when i came up with the idea of it and uh, we were like in an art gallery or something and i pitched it to her and she was like yeah that's that's really good you should do that so it was great to finally get to sit down and, and talk with Caroline and, you know, she's done a lot of interesting things. She's a poet, she's a writer and she's a storyteller and she, yeah, she's very talented. So I really enjoyed this week's episode and I hope you do too. Hey Caroline, how are you? Hey Jamie, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You look very comfortable on the floor there. Thank <laughs> you. Next to the laundry in moving boxes. <laughs> Yeah, so for, for the listeners, Caroline is recording from her new house in Denmark. Yeah, my parents' new house. Your parents, you. yeah. Yeah, sorry, you don't, you, don't, you don't own a house at this age, obviously. Not, not yet, no. It's, it's, a, it's a huge house, so the whole Christmas and New Year's has just been building a lot of yeah. Ikea stuff. Awesome. Well, Happy New Year anyway. You're the first guest of 2021. Thank you. I feel so honoured. <laughs> Well, no, thanks for coming on, Kyle, because we've been trying to, like, we've been talking about doing an episode for ages. I'm excited to talk to you about all your stuff. So for the listeners, so you're, like, you've done loads of stuff. You're, like, a storyteller. You're, like, a poet. And I don't know, I guess you're just, let's just call you a poet and a writer for the sake of the, <laughs> the promo of this episode. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Otherwise, it's it's too long. Yeah. <laughs> the title. Because you've done so much stuff. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I think a lot of, like, creative people are the same way that once you have one creative project you want to try all of them so yeah. you're like a creative chameleon <laughs> yeah I feel we both are like creative chameleons I love that term I've never I've never heard that term before but that's brilliant yeah. creative chameleon it's oh. my google docs uh, folder for all my random <laughs> random thoughts <laughs> that's a good start though <laughs> I like that one <laughs> well we'll start as always Caroline let's talk about your earliest creative influences Yes. Okay. I was thinking about this when you sent a question, like my first creative memory. And uh, obviously Denmark is famous for um, inventing Lego. Uh, <laughs> so I, I always used to play uh, with this thing called Bilbil, which is princesses and fairies. And, and then I would play with cars and I would always come up with these stories for them. And like these storylines that they'd go to driving tests and I would talk to them. And I just, I love sitting in my room alone, just talking to all these new characters. And <laughs> so I, so I guess that really sparked an interest. Then when I was 12, I started staying up and watching the Oscars, <laughs> <laughs> which was very, very weird. Cause you have to stay up till 6am, but 
I don't know. It just, it sparked something in me. And I would watch like, if it came on TV, Audrey Hepburn, I really liked her. <laughs> and 10 Things I Hate About You was a great movie. I think that really that is did a very, it for me. a very good movie. Well, we exactly. both we, well, we both love rom-coms, Caroline. So later on in the podcast, I'm sure we'll have like a big, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that for ages. Because whenever, okay. whenever we meet up in real life, we just like get all enthusiastic about our favorite rom-coms. It's quite funny, isn't it? It's so stupid. And I, like, I feel like once a week I sent you a new idea for a silly rom-com. <laughs> like, oh, what about this? <laughs> Some of them are brilliant though. Um, <laughs> Some of them are really bad. Well, you know, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> well, no, so you're saying about the Oscars. So, like, what sort when you were watching the Oscars, what was like going through your mind? Like, were you thinking, I want to be on that stage one day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was a very ambitious 12-year-old. I really wanted to go go there and meet all the celebrities. Mm. You know, when you're young, you have these fantasies about meeting all the famous people. <laughs> And dating Zac Efron, <laughs> you know, the usual stuff. And I, I guess I thought that would just be brilliant. But I, I, I read a lot as well, like books. So I guess I never really knew which, which one I wanted the most, if it, mm. if it should be books or film. And I think I'm actually still struggling with that. <laughs> well, I think something we talked about a lot on this podcast, especially with the people who are writers that have come on, is we often, they talk about, like, they just want to tell stories and they don't actually know the best medium for it. And I think we live in, like, a perfect time because there's so many mediums to do that with. And I think you don't have to, you don't have to just be a screenwriter or an author or a poet. You can do all three. You can be a creative chameleon, as you brilliantly said at the start. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Just to like casually mention my bachelor degree. Um, that's that's what my bachelor degree was in because it's multi-platform and it is a lot about that you have one story and it doesn't have to be a TV show. It can yeah. be, like you said, a poem or a game, whatever. And yeah, I think that's very, very interesting. Definitely. Well, we'll come on to your degree shortly. So as a teenager, like were you, were you sort of writing a lot then? Have you always been a writer from a young age? No, I wish I did. I think I just had a lot of ideas like I do now, but I never actually took the like sat down and wrote them. Yeah. I think I was I was too busy watching high school musical <laughs> on repeat, <laughs> which is I, I wish I was the sort of person who said like watch Polish documentaries or something cool, but No, hi, hi, I, uh, listen, high high school musical was a good film. I'm gonna I'm not I'm not gonna deny that I wa- I remember watched that on it because it's just been New Year, obviously. But I watched that film on New Year's Eve with my mum when I was like twelve, and it was a great New Year. So I don't regret it. <laughs> no, but like, yes, I think I was very. I'm, I'm very much a Disney girl. We have this thing <laughs> called confirmation, and my parents did like a PowerPoint show for me where they called me Disney Dream Girl, which I think oh. pinpoints it really nicely because <laughs> I always just I love Disney and I love. Um, magic <laughs> yeah and all that those things so definitely that's that's what inspired me I guess yeah well I, I suppose you kind of have answered this but I, I'm sort of I like to ask my guests like did how did sort of growing up in Denmark affect your creativity because where about are you from in Denmark um so I'm from a, a little town called Vettensbeck which is uh, 20 minutes away from Copenhagen and I guess Denmark is very uh, <laughs> we don't we're not American <laughs> and we don't we don't dream big <laughs> no offense I love Denmark but it's very much you find like a decent job and you you sort of go through all the the normal path that everybody else does and if you have big dreams that's I wouldn't say frowned upon, but a little bit, because it, it's sort of like, you're not going to make it, so don't worry. Yeah. Just, so I guess that made me not want to like totally follow it, because you're always feeling a little bit like, oh, I don't want to. But my parents have always been very supportive, so it's nothing nothing to do with them. <laughs> it, I think it's just as a country, I think Scotland and England are a bit the same. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally relate to what you're saying. I think especially growing up in a small town, like you don't see people I didn't go around Glen Office going you know there's the next Scorsese you know there's like you know the next Audrey Hepburn you know I've given really bizarre examples there but you know what I mean like you don't you didn't like see people like going into like the arts that were big I mean we I think Dougree Scott who's a quite a well-known British actor Scottish actor he was from my hometown 
but he's the only person I can think of that's like you know was on sort of going off and doing things so yeah that's the fun thing about being from a small town because it's always you're always talking about that one person who yeah. did it and the whole con- like the whole country if it's a small country and a whole city it's just so proud of them <laughs> like we have one comedian who's amazing he's from a town next to mine okay but you <laughs> claim we, him we, yeah we kind of like yeah he's kind of ours as well but it's yeah so i guess it would just be amazing to be that sort of inspiration for people i think when you don't see that around you like you feel like you're being a bit silly because people at school would be like you want to work in film you want to work in like you want to be a, like a director or something i'm like you know it's just like this crazy idea almost to some people Definitely. But I don't know. For me, I, I always look up to people who have crazy dreams. And actually, it's funny. We had this student counselor at my, my primary school. And we used to call him the dream crusher. Because whatever <laughs> we would say, my one of my friends wanted to be a fashion designer. He's like, yeah, well, but that's not going to happen. And you could just hear oh, her man. heart like so breaking. He, basic, he basically would say to them, like, just get a real job. Is that yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's brutal. Well, Caroline, this moves us on to my next question, which I've been asking everyone. Do you have a favorite word from where you're from? So do you have like a favorite Danish word? I do. And it's very, uh, oh, it's so boring. My favorite Danish word is hugeli, uh, which is such a basic word <laughs> because it's it's what all, we say it all the time. Like they've written so many books about it. Uh, you probably know it as hygge. I actually don't know that word, genuinely. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's sort of the equivalent to cozy, but it's so much more than that. Like cozy, it, like as in like sort of, you know, getting all cozy or something. Exactly. Like sitting around the fire with oh, okay. hot chocolate and maybe reading a wee book. And, that, that's yeah. nice though. I like that. Can you say it again? Hygli. <laughs> I'm not going to try and say it because I'll just put <laughs> no. it. No, it's just, and we just say it for everything. Everything in our world is very hugely. Oh, that's nice so. though. So if you like had like a lovely country house or something, you'd be like, would say like, I'm going to go go there and I'm not going to say the word because I'm going <laughs> to butcher it. I'm so bad for it. I'm sorry. That's a good word. Though. I like that. Thanks for sharing. Well, so you like, you talked about your earliest influence and stuff. So is this when you do, do you go straight to university from school and do you decide I'm going to go and do this multimedia Hold on, I've got this written down, so I'm going to read you that. <laughs> Bachelor's in multi-platform storytelling and production. Do you, like, think, I'm going to go and do this long-name degree? <laughs> yeah, actually, I um, I was looking for a film school in Denmark, and I, I couldn't find any. <laughs> and then that's when your mom comes to the rescue, as always. And she does one Google that apparently I couldn't. <laughs> and she finds this one. And I was like, oh, yeah, you were too, you're too busy watching the Oscars and High School Music to Google. <laughs> of course. Yeah, because we have we have one film school in Denmark called The Film School. So did you know right away that you wanted to go and study like uh, multi-platform storytelling production? Like what was the sort of reasoning behind you going to that that university? So actually, we have this thing called gymnasiums, which is sort of like high school. And I ended up going to three different ones in four years instead of the normal one in three years. <laughs> And I remember when I had to change for the third time, my parents said, okay, Karen, if you really want to work in film, you should go to um, uh, like a film course to see if that's what you want to do. So uh, we found one in Brighton, England, and I went oh, there nice. for three weeks. Yeah, and it was, it was just amazing. And I learned so much and I could really tell that I had a passion for film. And so that's why I knew I wanted to continue with film afterwards. So like throughout gymnasium, I would cut, I would film these little music videos of my friends <laughs> and edit them together. And they were really silly, but I learned how to edit. So that's how I got into the school. It's a good skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how did you find your time there? Because from, I know you sent me sort of some stuff you'd done and you did so much like a variety of things there. Because as you talked about at the start, it's such a, a varied course. So it must have been like, an, like creatively, it must have been like this amazing experimental thing. To do it's a very good school and it's really interesting because you learn like a ton of different things so you have one week where or three weeks where it's music videos and then it's um, comedy and virtual reality and game design so it, it's re- it really gives you a taste of everything 
in this in your spare time you would get like uh, jobs or you would try to make music videos for people for free or i started working at a travel agency and so you just oh, cool. you just keep keep going <laughs> and i think that was that was a really cool thing about my my education because yeah. they always just said try it out that's that's brilliant but and you did like a year abroad in canada when you were there didn't you or like not a year but you did a semester abroad didn't you I did it at a thing called Humber College. That was that was really cool because my my school in Denmark, the multi-platform one, it wasn't that much about movies. It was more about commercials and, like I said, music videos. Whereas in Canada, it was more about like very traditional film school mm. where you learn script writing. That's when I learned script writing for the first time, and I fell in love with it. Oh, really? That was yeah. the mo- that was the moment you sort of got quite into the writing stuff exactly and so that definitely um, that definitely helped and we we had to produce a short film and because i just gotten there i yeah. just sort of i watched took on a lot of the roles you I did wa- i watched your film yeah the one that ran away i watched oh, it oh god I, it was, it was, quite, it was <laughs> quite it was quite sweet actually it was very you <laughs> thank you I'll put, a, I'll put a link at the end of the podcast so people can watch it oh god <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> No, it's not. It's, it's a good, it's a good film. It's cute. Um, but I mean, I guess we should give it a go. You know, just for fun. Yeah, sure. Just for fun. Okay, okay, I'll start. Um, I always leave the toilet seat up. I always cheer for the bad guy in Titanic. I cry at the end of Frozen. Really? <laughs> I have a baby. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I. It was too easy. I couldn't resist. I think the most important thing is that you learn something from from it. Like yeah. it might not be Oscar worthy, but you know, I learned a ton and I had a good time uh, filming it. And I think sometimes we have to stop being so hard on ourselves. No, and exactly. Just... And it's nice to be able to go back. It must be really nice to go back four years and like watch something from like that age. And like, I think from watching it, obviously I know you quite well, but like it really was very you. And I could tell, you know, every line I was like, yeah, Caroline wrote that. <laughs> I think that's a nice thing. Yeah, it's very... Very Rob Comey. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's good to have like a trademark that people yeah, can see. Absolutely. So you do the degree, right? And you graduate. So what what do you do next? You, you get a job. You're a journalist for a bit, right? Is that straight away or is this later on? Yeah. So I, for my education, we have an internship for uh, four months as well. Yeah. And because oh, it's a complicated story. So I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift since I was 13, 14. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I decided for a class to write a TV show based on her album, 1989. And so I wrote that and I sent it to an old teacher who works at the equivalent to BBC. It's called Denmark's Radio. Okay. <laughs> then I get a, a meeting there and they really liked it, but they didn't like that it was about Taylor Swift. <laughs> boring <laughs> so sad <laughs> kind of get it but anyway I had like an advantage because I'd already met them and so that's how I got my internship there which was for their social media page okay like the the youth page and that was so much fun you, we just get to make these videos about like uh, political satire or um, oh, amazing yeah the truth about sex so yeah so that was that was a lot of fun and because I'd worked for a newspaper or like journalist, that's how I got my first job at TV2 Lorry, <laughs> which is a local news station in Denmark. And you were there for you were there for a couple of years. Like you did that for like what two years? Yeah. And that was just sort of going out and interviewing people and making video content, right? Yeah, that was fun because I they actually made the position for me because they didn't really oh, have no. a social media team yet. I had the interview today before my exam <laughs> <laughs> and I remember them saying like, what are you doing here? <laughs> but you know, you, you want a good job. And uh, yeah. So uh, at the end of it, we had like a big team of, 
think we were five people on the social media team. So it really grew. Yeah, I think that was that was a lot of fun. If you've ever seen Afterlife, all those random stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah. show. <laughs> so I interviewed a guy who had a squirrel as a pet. A squirrel, and... a squirrel as a pet, a, a gray squirrel. Yeah. yeah, not even a red squirrel. <laughs> no, a red squirrel. A red squirrel, Very okay. Cute. Oh, that's nice then. Yeah, I interviewed a woman who um, knitted female organs. Female. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was a very, very entertaining job. And then you left the job in like, what was it, 2019? You just, because you, t- well, we'll come on to your book in a wee while, but like there's a really nice chapter where you just say like, oh, I just left the job. I just went, you know what? They offered me a contract, but I was like, no, I want to go and do my creative stuff. So, because you didn't feel like the job was giving you the, creative space that you can maybe wanted which I think is really honest of you exactly thank you I think there comes a moment in everybody's lives when you have to like decide if you want to live one life or the other and I could easily have stayed at this job for 10-20 years because it was fun and you know good money and great people but I think I was I felt like I was letting myself down because I had all these Mm -hmm. dreams that I wasn't pursuing anymore and you get kind of comfortable just you know it's just oh it's so nice here <laughs> and so when they offered me uh, like for me it felt like feels like a life sentence but for other people <laughs> it's a it's a forever contract I don't know what you call that and, a long and like I, a, a long-term contract yeah I think I just panicked and I could just feel that that wasn't what I was <laughs> I was gonna do and I mean you can always find a good job so so yeah, I, I decided to say I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna go to New Zealand for five weeks, have a little quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> We're all allowed some of them. We're all allowed that. Well, I just want to circle back in time slightly because I want to talk about your poetry collection, which which is I've not actually read because you only I think you have one copy of the book or something, and I haven't. You're go, you're going to let me borrow at some point. Yes, you got it right in front of you. Brilliant. So. It's called Sparks to Ashes, and you published that, was it October 2018? Yeah. I got that 15th, right. 15th, yeah. my favorite date. Oh, and you awesome. know why, the 15th, the book we always talk about. What date is One that? One day. Yes. <laughs> Which, oh, what a book. Jesus, that's, oh, so sad. Still breaks my heart now. So you did your little poetry collection. So how, how long had you been writing that for? Well, I started writing poems in Canada, actually, in mm. 2016. I think I was I was very much in love, and suddenly oh. my my diary just turned into love poems. Oh, how cute! <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, and then I just I just I haven't been able to stop. It's a weird thing. And then I met a publisher, and I got along with him, and I. I sent him some poems and he was like, this is great. Let's do it. <laughs> mm. It was it was very less fair sort of thing. And then I, while I was working at TV2 Laurie, I, um, I collected all my millions of poems and I put them in order so I could publish it. That's brilliant though. And like, so just, I have some questions just about the process. So like, how, how do you sit and write poems? Do you just, do they just come to your mind and you just sort of write them in the moment then? Yeah, I sound like, I sound very pretentious when I say it, but it is true. If I sit down and say I want to write a poem about a rock, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but it it all it also always happens right before I go to sleep, or if I'm in a shower in Estonia or some weird place, and I'm like running through the hostel, like I have to write this poem down. <laughs> so it's always at the most random times but yeah I, I've read some of your poems and like they're uh, some of them are really nice like and you, there's like a variety because some of your poems are really long but some of them are quite short and like they I think they're very honest poems especially about being your 20s so like have you brought any poems that you would be able to share with us for the listeners do you mind like reading I, reading as a poem of course uh, Thank you I actually very much. I brought yeah of course uh, I'd love to I brought two so I brought one from my book Sparks Ashes yeah <laughs> because why why not and then the other one is more about creativity which yeah. I thought suited this podcast perfectly oh that would be amazing well actually for just before we start so we we arranged this before but I thought I would let Caroline share one of her poems with me and then I was going to share one of my terrible poems as a teenager, just to show the comparison between how talented Carolyn is and how untalented I am. So I'll, I'll let you go first with that. That's a lie. You are very talented and your poem <laughs> is really cute. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> so this one is the first one um, and it's called I Once Fell in Love. 
I once fell in love. I wrote it all down. I wanted to tell the story for love is not always forever. It doesn't have to be pure. It can just be right in the moment, right for you. I wanted to tell you about my feelings, about my sorrows, not to help you or guide you to salvation, but to tell you it's okay to cry, okay to feel lost, that sometimes things don't work out, that sometimes the thing you want is right in front of you. I once fell in love, it was wonderful and splendid. I still remember it like yesterday, but now it's time to let go. So I collected all our words into this book to tell the world our story, to tell the world about us. A love letter for all my lovers. Oh, wow. That's really good. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that on the podcast. That you're the first person to read a poem out, so that's brilliant. I think we should listen to yours now. So it's oh, like yeah. oh, ping pong. We'll make yours sound better. I was, I've got it ready. Right. So just for context. <laughs> no. <laughs> just for context, right. I wrote this poem when I was 12. Obviously, as I've said on the podcast before, my granddad uh, recently passed away and he kept this poem on the wall for like years and hadn't seen it for ages. And, and I, you know, when he was dying, like we went through some of these stuff and like I found this on the wall and I thought, oh my God, this is hilarious. I need, I need to share this with the podcast listeners because, you know, tw- you know, we're going through a tough time. So I thought, let's <laughs> so cheer them up. <laughs> anyway, so this, this poem, which Carol had just heard before, but, you know, she could hear it again. This is called <laughs> Oh Beggar. And just to be clear, I wrote this when I was 12. Came third place in some competition for this, so thank you, whoever they were. Okay. Oh, lonely angel, oh, lonely sound, oh, lonely beggar on the ground. I hear you want a piece of bread, but someone hit you in the head. You always sleep without a bed. Oh, beggar, by next Christmas, you'll be dead. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell was going through my 12-year-old mind there, by the way? It's so sad. (laughs) It's such a dark subject, but you know. No, you really, I could imagine you as a very dark 12 year old boy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, anyway, yeah, that's my, uh, I put that out there now. So thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't win, to be honest. I really want to read oh, the one that did win. I know. And absolutely, by the way, God bless my granddad for keeping that on the wall for years. That's so nice of me. Oh, man. Well, would you like to share your other poem with us now? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll just... Thank you very much. So the other poem I want to read out is about chasing your dream. And it's called Chasing Your Dream is Scary. I think I wrote this one down for the notes on your book because I loved it. And I was going to read it later, but you know, you can read it now. Honestly, that's so, <laughs> oh, no. that's so weird though. That I, that, honestly, I love that poem, just to say. Oh, that's so good. Oh, great minds finger like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chasing your dream is scary, way more terrifying than you can ever believe. You may be on the road, maybe trying your best, but there's always that little voice telling you it's hopeless, that you should give up, turn away, and never look back. It scares me, trying something I'm not sure I'll be good at. It's so much easier doing the things I know, but it bores me, makes my life feel useless. So I jump without thinking of the fall. I head straight into the problem. And even though I'm terrified, I know I made the right decision. I wouldn't change it for the world. Oh, I love Fun. that poem. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it, that's my favorite poem that, of yours that I've read. It's, it's just really, as you say, it's really good for this podcast as well. Because it's all about that sort of, you know, emerg- you. emerging creative dream. So... Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate reading your poems. That's so nice of you. I think it was just a lot of the thoughts I had about if I wanted to choose a a secure future or a a reckless (laughs) (laughs) starving poet one. Oh, I think the starving poet one is definitely more exciting. Yeah. Well, I I promised you, because you you haven't heard this before, but I promised you, because obviously when we, we last met up, I said I would, when you come on the podcast, I would share something with you, which so... My granddad wrote a poem. When he put that one on the wall, he he decided, oh, Jamie's writing poems. I'll I'll write one, which is so sweet. So he wrote this poem, and I just wanted to like honor my granddad uh, by reading this to him. I don't know if he would have wanted me to do this, but so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James, if he didn't. But this, I just wanted to read this in honor of my granddad. So so this is a the, my granddad didn't name this poem, so it doesn't actually have a name. But I'm just going to call it "Ships That Pass in the Night." Okay. Ships that pass in the night and speak to each other in passing. 
Only a signal shown in a distant voice in the darkness. So on the ocean of life we pass and speak to one another. Only a look and a voice and then darkness. Again, then a silence. That was my granddad's poem. And I think I interpret that poem to sort of be about, um, about life and how, you know, life is quite, you know, it's, it's not forever. And it's sort of like this about the journey of that. That's my interpretation in a way. It's very beautiful. I really like, I really like the ships in the night uh, metaphor. And I think it's yeah. very sweet of you to honor him here. Yeah. I'm sure he would have liked it. Don't well, worry. thank you for, <laughs> thank you for letting me do that and like giving me the, the space for of it. Of course, of course. Yeah. Hi guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Just Get A Real Job. If you're really enjoying the podcast, remember to follow us on all streaming platforms. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, remember to give us a review. We really do appreciate your support, so remember to share this with your friends and family so they too can enjoy the next episodes of Just Get A Real Job. And now, back to the show. Well, now I thought it'd be a good time to talk about your book, which I have read some of, because we were originally going to record this episode a few days away, so I was planning on finishing it, but I read some of it, and I read like some of the bigger chapters which you shared. In 2019, you decided to write a book called Feeling 25. So would you firstly just like to tell us a bit about what that was all about, what the book's about? Yeah, so when I turned 25, I really wanted to just uh, write down all the thoughts I had because I think for me and for everybody, 25 is such a weird age because you're so far apart from all your friends. Like one of them can be getting a new job or moving across the world or having their first child or like it's just it's so spread out. Mm. And for me personally, I was so, I was very confused where yeah. I wanted my life to go. And I think the whole quarter life crisis is about wanting to achieve all the things in your life. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's so soon. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I wrote a bit down during 2019, but then in 2020 when Corona hit and there was a lockdown, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it. Oh, I obviously didn't enjoy the coronavirus, but I enjoyed the quarantine because mm. I just sort of told myself, Caroline, you turned 26 in one week. Let's, uh, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, I decided to write 150 uh, word pages in a week. And it was very fear therapeutic how do you say Thera- that therapeutic therapeutic oh god i'm not gonna no, say don't worry. You speak english, you're speaking english as a second language on a podcast you're doing amazing so you're all good don't worry about it i haven't spoken english for a month so apologies <laughs> out there sorry oh don't be, don't be silly yeah so I, I i it's it's a memoir and i actually ended up changing the name to fuck i'm 25 because i thought that was more uh, on brand and ah really yeah. i didn't i, I wasn't because the document i read said feeling 25 yeah. so i, I, I apologize got the name wrong there i think fuck i'm 25 is a better name though that's good yeah i'm i'm scared taylor swift will sue me (laughs) feeling 22 (laughs) and i i I would like to meet her but not not in that way so so i changed it not in the courts no (laughs) so yeah i i finished it and i sent it to a few agents so if there's anybody out there who think it sounds interesting (laughs) and and this book's available to read on what's it called again that you it's online right yeah i put it on my wordpress page yeah my website and on whatpad and we'll link all this at the end so people can go find it but i just wanted to talk a bit more about your book because i've got so i've written down some stuff that i really liked about it some chapters there's a great chapter where you'd written, and I, honestly, this is genius. I, you know, when you see, you read something, you f- you think, I wish I'd fucking wrote that. that <laughs> genuinely, I'm not. I, I've told you this before, but I'll say it again on this, right? But you've got this amazing chapter, and it's called Love Application. And you basically, <laughs> you've written like, as if like love is like, you have to apply for it. So you've basically written as if you're applying for like a marriage or a long-term relationship. <laughs> and you've sent like a cover letter and stuff. So I'll let you talk about what that chapter i think it's because i hate dating and i do think it is it is it is like applying for a job because you have all these demands that they for them to you and for you to them and so i wrote yeah the the cover letter and i wrote recommendations from excess that i made up uh that i think is pretty funny and then i wrote a resume which we're not gonna say out loud because my family's gonna listen to this oh really <laughs> no well, you can say it. i have i wrote down a little note from it which I read which is just which is one of the reviews somebody gave you and I thought knowing you I thought yeah this is a pretty good uh, 
uh, you know, um, account of her. But um, so this is from your ex-boyfriend, Aiden, in Canada. And you, you added his review of you. And he said, you have to be aware of her constant complaining about being a terrible writer and her obsessive poetry writing. Whatever you say or do will be used in a poem. And I think, <laughs> I think so far in the podcast, that's pretty accurate. Which <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I, yeah. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it is. Um, it's definitely um, there's a poem about everything. It's Although, become like a joke with my friends now. Sorry yeah. <laughs> that they're like, oh, ha, ha, that's so funny. I'm like, yeah, I wrote a poem about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm now the annoying friend that has a podcast. It's like, do you have a yeah. podcast, Jamie? I, I, I feel bad because obviously I love doing this podcast and I love... You know, I'm trying. I'm just trying to promote it, but I do. I am sorry for anyone who, if they're on Instagram and all they see is me going, just get a real job. But please no. listen and subscribe, obviously, if you're listening. Exactly, <laughs> like, like, like. No, I think that's brave that people are uh, courageous enough to put things out in the world, and that you're like, I mean, you're sitting here and you're doing all this work, and I, I think it's very cool. I love this podcast. Well, thank uh, you, honestly, and I don't even listen to podcasts, so well done, you. <laughs> Well, the next point about your book, which I was going to talk to you about, was was the chasing your dream is scary bit. But you, we already wrote read it so beautifully, so we'll skip over that. But just again, like that's a really nice little chapter and stuff. Thank um, you so much. Well, how about this? We'll talk about this chapter, which I've also written. Because you wrote this amazing bit called uh, "I'm Am I My Own Muse," which is this really like honest chapter you'd written, which is all about how like you sort of like feel sometimes like you have to live your life in like a crazy way to get good art. So if you wouldn't, I don't know, want to talk about that for a sec. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can definitely talk about that. I think being a creative person, is there's this thing that they say, like, if you don't have anything interesting in your life, you have to go out and seek it. <laughs> so if you want to be a writer, and I'm very privileged, I haven't had anything bad happen to me in my life. So I mostly write about very uh, first world problems, uh, like love and not being not sure what I want to do with my life sort of thing. And so I guess I just I use my own experiences a lot for better and worse. <laughs> so I often get into really weird, uh, weird things. I once met a guy in Italy at a club. And two weeks later, I I went to Napoli and I lived with him and his family for a week. <laughs> We're still good friends. Hey, Antonio. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's that's sort of become like a typical Caroline thing. And I don't mind it because I think you do have to live your life in order to get some funny stories and some experiences that you can use in your art. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. And I think Richard Linklater, who's one of my favorite uh, directors who obviously did the before trilogy which you know we both love but um he talks about when he was like our age you know in his 20s and he was you know going to see films and he was writing stuff and he, he would say like i'd see a film about a helicopter crash or i'd see a film about like the second world war and they were really good films but that didn't speak to him about his own life and you know so I, i've always my writing style has always been very much i, I write what i know and I, so like you i tend to write about like being lost in your 20s you know wanting to be some sort of artist and not knowing exactly where and you know writing about love and relationships and yeah I'm just fascinated with time and and all that sort of thing as well so I think that's such I really like that chapter because it was like very an honest account of uh, that sort of thing yeah it's funny because whenever I say I I wrote a memoir and I'm 26 it I know it sounds stupid but I also, because I read the one we both really liked, Dolly Alderton. Dolly Alderton, everything yeah, so. I know about love. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'll oh, say that book. again. It is so good. So I, I read that book and I thought, because I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know who she was. And I was so fascinating reading about her semi-ordinary life. And I just felt like I could connect and um, and see myself in her words. And I guess that's why I, I wanted to write this, because I know a lot of people who feel the same way as me. And I said, why not, you know, yeah. pen to paper and make them feel less alone? <laughs> but it's, it's so true. And I think, like, the thing you captured in, about being in your 20s is so, like, it's just such... I, I just really enjoy it and because... I think often we think of midlife crisis and we, you know, a lot of films are about people in their 30s or 40s, but I think being in your 20s is such a, a unique age. And I think to like see that on paper is really, really refreshing. So I think you're definitely writing about some, something that's very much in the zeitgeist right now. That's so nice of you. Thank you. I'm actually, uh, because I enjoyed writing it so much, I'm just writing it about 
26 now. Just because it's, it's sort of like a little diary blog entry. Whenever something weird happens, like New Year's, you write about New Year's yeah. resolutions and stuff. So. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, uh, just before we move on from the book, I, there was one more chapter I wanted to, to talk about. This is my favorite one, actually, which is brilliant. I just, I'm just so funny reading it. So you wrote about how you went skydiving in New Zealand. Uh, and this is an amazing chapter because you talk about how, like, so basically you talk about how everyone you're with, it like changed their life. And they'd conquered these fears. And then you just say you're flying in the midair with the instructor and you're like, am I dead inside? Like, I don't really feel anything. Like, I feel like this is fun, but it's not changed my life. And then I was, I, it makes me laugh the way you just wrote like the guy saying like, welcome to my office and all that. And you're just thinking like, this guy says the same thing every day, 17 times. Or, or, it's just so funny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but that honestly, that was how I felt. Because I remember my friend before I went up, she's like, yeah, I changed my life. Amazing. And then I came down and, and in, in the beginning, I lied. I was like, yeah, it's really good. I really loved it. But I'm very bad at lying. <laughs> so you could tell. <laughs> and so I just decided to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed after, you know, jumping out of a plane. <laughs> yeah. And then my friend, she admitted that she felt the same way. I was like, why didn't you tell me? So I thought that'd be a fun chapter. Like, it's like a weird taboo that you mm. can't say you didn't actually enjoy your skydiving experience because you paid so much money for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of seen as this like big bucket list goal that everyone should do as well. I even got the pictures and I hate them. I've never, I never <laughs> look at them. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> but, but like, even on a more serious note, that, that chapter was, I think that's a brilliant metaphor for like expectation and disappointment. And especially in your twenties, which I think was the sort of point you were making, which is you put expectations on things and often they are underwhelming and you do feel a bit disappointed. So I think that was a, a very funny way of exploring that. Thank you. I quite like that. Because I, I put it in like uh, what would be the greatest moment of my life instead, where I mentioned like seeing my niece for the first time and see my brother get married. And like, you know, those those moments are the things that really matter to me. Not that skydiving isn't a momental <laughs> moment. It's just it's just not that big for me, I guess. Well, well, we'll link, as I said, we'll link the stuff to your book at the end. But yeah, go and read um, Fuck'em 25 because, did I get the name right there? That's the new name, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Go and read it because it's, it's a very fun book. And I think, especially if you're, if you're in your 20s, you'll relate to it a lot. Just get a real job. Well, Caroline, we'll, we'll move on to... You're, where you're where you are now in your life because uh, you're now studying screenwriting at the Screen Academy so you're doing the course I did last year this year so how how's that been? It's really good I enjoyed it a lot I get to write a ton and we got to do this big market analysis about romantic comedies <laughs> <laughs> and I was just loving it yeah uh, so yeah I'm really enjoying it and and sort of how and you talked about earlier you were in Canada and that was the first time you'd done screenwriting so was screenwriting something you'd always sort of wanted to move into I guess I never really thought about that I just always wanted to um, work in film mm. I remember after watching The Holiday I really wanted to edit trailers for movies <laughs> so I guess it was just anywhere in there but because I always read a ton of books it sort of came naturally to me that I would be the one writing yeah. uh, movies uh, slash books because you get to create new worlds you get to create the dialogue and I took some writing courses in Canada uh, for books and the thing they kept telling me was that you write as if it's a screenplay mm. and I was like oh well <laughs> I see that now <laughs> that might be a, a hint that that's where I should be going instead Obviously, well, that's how I know you because you were going to, you came to Scotland to visit a, a, another mutual friend of ours, Ellie, and you were sort of thinking about doing this course. And then you asked me what my opinion was. And I was like, yeah, go and do it. It's brilliant. So I think I'll take a commission from Screen Academy for that. <laughs> <laughs> you should, and thank you a lot for me as well, because I was, I was really lucky that I got to do that this year, especially because uh, there's not that much else to do this year. So and you're like sort of locked down as well, like obviously. So you're having to do this course online. So that must be a bit weird. To be honest, I, I don't mind it that much because it is we have to write and read a lot anyway. It's a master's program. So maybe it's good we don't have that many distractions. <laughs> so we just really have to nerd, nerd alert our way <laughs> into everything. <laughs> so life's what you make it. Quote by Hannah Montana. 
Yeah. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> so deep. Okay, well, I didn't send you this question beforehand, so that I'm now like, I'm, you know, improvising a wee bit. But um, I thought, because we both love romantic comedies, I, th- I thought we could talk about some of our favourites. So what are your favourite rom-coms, Caroline? Well, I already mentioned 10 Things I Hate About You. That's really good. And then, obviously, we both love the Before trilogy. Yeah, amazing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my favorite book is One Day. And then La La Land is just, I mean, musical. Yeah, La La Land is awesome. I I do quite like it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but it is good. It's a good end. I love the ending of it. I think that's brilliant. Really, really good twist. What about you? What are your favorite rom-coms? Well, I feel I I love that you're asking me this like you already don't know because we've had this conversation. (laughs) I totally know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm sorry to my friends as well. for Well, obviously the Before Trilogy, I love those films. I I did my dissertation on it. But my probably my favorite film is of all time as well. But like When Harry Met Sally, absolutely Uh, love that film. Nora Ephron's a genius. It's just, I could talk about that film all day. It's just such like a perfect film. Like there's not a, every line is like perfectly played, so. How about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely, and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Yeah, When I Met Sally, absolute great film. I did actually watch a really interesting rom-com last night called Blue Jay, which I'd never heard of, and it's an American indie film. It was a really nice watch. It was on Netflix, so I'd recommend that to anyone. It was a nice little sort of naturalistic romantic film yeah it was good oh that's nice i'll watch that tonight my parents love rom-coms as well so yeah Done. it's quite a sad one it's not so much an uplifting it's very much a realist it's a bit like the before trilogy it's very much like about regret and like roads not taken it was a bit emotional actually to be honest it made me feel pretty bummed out after reading it but in a nice way i'd recommend that yeah, yeah sometimes you need the deeper ones like obviously i love my best friend's wedding and all those ones as well everything with meg ryan actually but you you need some of the deeper ones once in a while as well yeah definitely a good mix um because i watched the wedding singer recently which was a good like fun rom-com like it wasn't you know as realistic but i enjoyed it, it was i just went with it i'm like this is a bit silly but i'm just gonna go with it oh the song at the end is epic <laughs> 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 i used to have it on a mixtape you make yourself like Caroline's favorite songs <laughs> you know the best I actually watched music and lyrics last year as well so and good. like I'd never seen it and it's a bit of a trash movie but it, it just went you know if you just go with it it was quite fun and the soundtrack is brilliant that pop <laughs> pop goes my heart what a song <laughs> I have the soundtrack on cd oh, really? I'm such a nerd it's a good, it's a good soundtrack it is well, Caroline we ask everyone that comes on the podcast uh What's the worst part-time job you'd ever had or like a job you'd had to work to support your art? Do you have anything funny for that? Yes, uh, I've had a ton of part-time jobs, mostly at concerts, which I, which I really loved because I got to see a lot of free concerts. <laughs> but what I re- didn't really enjoy was being a waitress at like uh, work parties. So it's 12-hour mm. shifts. And I didn't mind the last part when everybody's drunk and you're just like sort of <laughs> taking, taking their glasses because that's fun. But being an actual waitress and like the, the plates and the wine, I'm horrible <laughs> at that. I'm always spilling. So that's that's just <laughs> not for me. But, you know, it was good money and good music. So I didn't mind it that much. But but if I did spill on someone, it's just... Did you actually spill drink on... <laughs> yeah. on, on and it's people? always red wine. It's oh, horrible. geez. Did they, did they complain? Oh, they were just mad, obviously. So that's oh, why I don't God. I don't really enjoy that. <laughs> it's hard. No, I couldn't yeah. do it. I'm too clumsy for that. No more waitressing for me, thank you. Yeah, no, anyone that listens to this is gonna be like, I'm not hiring Caroline as a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. No, I would rather work with anything else, basically. I'd rather go back to the Disney store. <laughs> yeah, well, we need, well, before I ask you sort of the last question, there's one more thing, which is I'm going to start. I feel like I need to ask my guests, but, and this is a really tough question, so don't worry if you don't know, but what is it you'd actually really like to do 
with your creativity like what is the what is the sort of ambition for you like your main goal my main goal my planning like your dream job in the arts yeah. let's say oh okay that's a hard question i know that's such uh, a hard i'm sorry no it's okay i guess i really want to sit in my new uh writing room and just write whatever f- comes into my head if it's a children's book or um a movie to have the freedom that people will want to work with me and my new yeah. uh, crazy ideas that's that's plan <laughs> a and plan b is to work for a production company and just being all around her so like edit a bit and video and like film so yeah and that is hard but <laughs> i know wow well, that, that that's like that sounds like a good dream and a, a fun one and you know hopefully maybe we can start writing a rom-com tv series soon and oh, we knows? are at, right yeah, after definitely. this podcast we're starting yeah, definitely and you know who knows maybe, maybe that'll take us places we'll, we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to just believe in it and it'll well, happen caroline thanks very much for coming on the podcast and like and sharing your poems and I, you know i feel like we're just being ourselves and probably sound very pretentious but you know fuck it it's fine <laughs> i hope i hope people are still listening but no I, i'm joking I, I've, it's been really nice to talk to you. i really enjoyed this conversation but um just lastly, I just wondered if you had any tips for anyone who maybe just wants to work in the arts in general, but maybe more specifically wants to be a poet or a writer or a storyteller. Do you have anything, any advice you'd like to share? I think it is just like stop doubting yourself that much and try to like quiet the evil voice inside your head that tells you you can't do it because it's really she doesn't know what she's talking about. So just keep <laughs> trying and don't be scared to put your work out there. I know there's a ton of places online that people are looking for all sorts of things, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, uh, website, whatever. So just, yeah, I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really, that's really good advice. And I think we all have, and I think just to reassure people, the voice in your head never goes away. Like it's always there. You always have that voice saying like, your script's terrible. Your podcast sucks. No one's listening to this. Shut up, Jamie. Stop rambling. But you know what I mean? Like we all have that voice and I think that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it can be very rude. But I think one important thing is to say, like, would you talk to the way you talk to yourself? Would you talk to a friend like that? And you definitely wouldn't. So just be kinder to yourself. Yeah, definitely. Please. And I think as well, like sometimes like you judge yourself really hardly. And like as you say, would you judge a friend or someone else like that? You probably wouldn't. So yeah, be kind to yourself, people. Definitely. Well, Caroline, thank you very much for that. That was brilliant. I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Jamie. This is so good. You are a very good host and I appreciate all the work you put into it. So thank you very much. No problem. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Just Get A Real Job. Thanks again to Caroline for coming on and talking to us. I really enjoyed our conversation. And remember, if you liked what Caroline had to say, please check the links below the podcast. Go and read her book, Fuck I'm 25. You know, check out her poetry check it or you know our previous work it's all it's all underneath the podcast so yeah make sure to check that out and as always if you're enjoying the podcast please tell your friends and family subscribe like the podcast follow us on all the social medias all the usual stuff that we say at the end and yeah we're hoping over the next few weeks we can bring out more and more episodes and got some really interesting creative people lined up to talk to and yeah it's just uh, it's all happening so anyway stay safe guys and we'll be back again on tuesday with more episodes of Just Get A Real Job. Just get a real job.